When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, we're live apparently. Excellent start to proceedings as normal. Absolutely no notification to tell us that we're live. Dave, how are you? I'm I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. I just realised as well. I've got no clue if this show is sponsored by by anyone today, so I've not not said anything. <laughs> Oh, sponsored by Luke, apparently, I'm, I'm being told. This show today, match preview show. Tottenham Hotspur against Aston Villa on Sunday. What an absolute shambles this podcast is. This show is in association with Luke Roper. If you want to get 20% off everything Luke Roper have to offer, then use the code TVV20. I apologise for the shambolic start to, to, to this show. Let's blame Adam Bates, as we always do. I see you all in the chat as well. We are late. We are normally late. That's just, just what we do here. It wasn't actually me. I was ready and, and raring to go, it was, wasn't I, David? It was all me. It was David Reed. I can only apologise. Yeah, I, went to do a click and, I went to do a click and collect this morning, and I thought it'd be a five-minute job, and they kept me waiting 15 minutes. So that's been the start to my day, and that meant I was running back through the streets of London in order to get back for this. You, you, if I had to guess how you did your shopping, I would have gone click and collect. Well, it was, it's a, it was a birthday present I was I was picking up. You see, it wasn't it wasn't anything food related. It was just a birthday present. For the uh, okay, I, I see. And I'm being blinded by the sun, even though the blinds are shut. I'd have no idea why it's still, why it's still coming through. But Dave, recently we've been blinded by Villa's excellent football at Villa Park. Not so much away from home, but this feels like well, one. It feels like a big game because it's against a traditional big six side. It's a side that are up around us in the upper echelons of the Premier League as well in, in Tottenham. But I suppose the, the best thing for us at the moment is it feels like a good time to play Tottenham because they have been decimated by injuries and suspensions recently. Yeah, it does. I mean, just just before we start, right, it's, it's been the international break, which has obviously been rubbish. Oh, it's tedious again. Awful. But I have listened and watched some incredible uh, Villa-related content over the last two weeks. It's been brilliant. I think it started with 
the 1874 with you and Greg, where you talked oh, about Esri Conser and his call up to the England squads. I listened to Claret and Blue with uh, Dan and John McKenzie. I'm a big fan of John's work. I think yeah. he's excellent. And I, I watch a lot of TIFO videos. I love what they do. Uh, and then Sam, uh, who you had on, Sam Ty, he did a, a podcast with John as well on TIFO, a more of a general overview of how things have gone over on Unai Emery since he came in. And then listen to your podcast as well with with Sam, uh, the drop-in the other day. So I would urge everybody to go back and and, and watch and listen to all, all that stuff. If you haven't got around to it today, if you've got some spare couple of hours today, then, then go back and listen because there's been hours and hours of, of kind of great villa kind of content but also more mainstream media content and also Jacob as well in The Athletic wrote a great piece about uh, Villa's Highline that I read yesterday oh, I, read that really yet. I really want to read it you need sometimes yeah, you need really time to sit down and read something I need a proper time to sit down on a comfy chair and read that yeah so you know he talked a lot about the Highline the different sort of triggers that Villa use um, some going back to, to kind of what Unai Emery has done in previous jobs and you know, if you do a deep dive on YouTube, you can find some of Unai Emery's past kind of team talks where he's talking them through how to play the how to play the high line. So very interesting article from from Jacob. So there's been loads of stuff about. Um, so yeah, I would I would uh, urge people to have a watch and listen to all of that. Um, but yeah, it's coming up to Tottenham. It's great to be back. Great to be back playing uh, Premier League football. And the next few weeks is going to be so exciting. Good time to play Tottenham. They've obviously got their issues with selection and. Injuries, suspensions, um, and I think it's going to be a, quite an exciting game. I would have thought. Yeah, it's it's mainly in the defence where, where where they've got problems. Although to be fair to them, they've they've got problems through throughout. Van der Ven and Romero first probably quarter of, of the season, probably maybe the best centre back partnership in, in in the Premier League for a time when when Tottenham were, were top of the league. Both of them won't be playing for for different reasons. I think Udogi. He's back, isn't he, from suspension? He only had a one-game ban because he got two yellows against Chelsea. I think Porro's having a very good season at right back. Obviously, Madison has been their, been their key man going forward. He's out in, until the new year. So even just from that perspective on its own, it's a good time to, to be playing Tottenham. Basuma is suspended as, as well. He's, he, he, got sending, he got sending off, didn't he, a few weeks ago when he was just about to hit five yellows. And then he got a straight red, I think. So he got a ban for that. And then he got his fifth yellow against Chelsea. That game feels like it was ages ago now, by the way, that, that mad Spurs-Chelsea game. So Basuma's out as, as well. Am I missing anyone? Is this Richarlison, I think, has broke his pubic bone, is it? So I think Richarlison yeah. is, is, is out as well. Spurs fans probably won't lose too much sleep uh, over that one. But still, I think we know from Postacoglu, from watching them play with nine men, that even with different personnel, maybe personnel that don't suit their the way of playing as well as... Um, as the players that are missing, they'll still play exactly the same way. They'll still play the Postacoglu way. They'll still play with, with a very high line. They'll still have those inverted fullbacks. So it'll still be a tough game, but we can't deny with all those factors coming in that it is a decent time to play them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the the question marks defensively, I think, obviously, is over who starts at centre-back now. Will it be Eric Dyer and Ben Davies? Or will he decide to go for Emerson Royale, who... There's almost his his kind of story arc has been has been quite an interesting one because he a curious one because he came in and you know started as a as a kind of right back and then people decided or or saw that he couldn't really cross the ball and thought what's he doing there and then he came a bit of a figure of fun really um, among Tottenham supporters I think and then now he's kind of brought himself back and he's playing can play left back can play right back can 
come on and play centre-back. Um, and he's actually, particularly at this time anyway, when they've got so many players out, he's going to become quite an important player. So I wonder whether he might decide to choose Emerson Royal at, at right centre-back over Eric Dyer, just because Eric Dyer, there's, there's quality there. There's always been quality there with Eric Dyer, but I just wonder, concentration-wise, whether he is able to carry out the tasks that, that Ange Postacoglu wants him. And I think Emerson Royal probably has an extra yard of pace as well in terms of running back towards his own goal. And if Tottenham, and when Tottenham, I should say, do employ that high line, I think, you know, running back towards your own goal, as we've discussed previously, is absolutely vital. So having that extra yard of pace with Emerson Royale might be the way to go. Um, so I think the two centre-backs is going to be a question mark. And then, as you say, you know, James Madison is so key for that team. He is the one that makes them tick. He doesn't kind of sit in that number 10 position. He will roam all over. And then the other players within that Tottenham setup rotate almost around him. You know, Madison can often drift into the left-back position and Udogi will go into central midfield, as you say, with inverted full-backs. He'll move around into central midfield and Papsar would move uh, move further forward into a kind of number 10 or second striker role. So everything kind of almost revolved around him. So he's such a massive miss for Tottenham uh, during his, his injury layoff. So... Um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see who they who they end up selecting. I mean, Brennan Johnson is obviously uh, scored against uh, Wolves, was it? Yeah, yeah I need to correct um, myself on Basuma. Actually, it was the yellow card. The yellow card was against yeah. uh, against Wolves, not against Chelsea. Yeah, so he, he obviously scored, um, and it'd be interesting to see how they kind of set up off the ball. They they kind of do a similar thing to 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 Villa a, a little bit, where you know it would essentially be Madison. Um, and Son as being the kind of two that press from the front. But in, instead of, you know, usually when, when football teams set up in a, in a kind of 4-4-2 press, when the, when the front two go and press, or when one of the front two goes and press, the other one kind of sits and screens the central midfielder, so the ball can't go through there. But what Tottenham do slightly differently is both forward players go and press the centre-backs, and then the wingers sit and tuck inside. So... It'd be interesting to see how they kind of and how they evolve over that over the next few weeks to try and negate all the players that they're missing. Be an interesting tactical setup. But Unai Emery's proved that he can play against high lines. He can play against high pressing teams. You look at Newcastle United and how uses it well Villa have done at home. Um, you know they Villa will kind of try and set up slightly differently, probably, and and rather than play out too much, they might we might see those clip passes out to fullbacks and into the number tens and into Ollie Watkins maybe who can hold up the ball. So there's lots of different ways that Villa can hurt Tottenham. Yeah, there was talk a few weeks ago that maybe, I think he's named Ashley Phillips, a lad, that, a young lad that they've picked up from from, from Blackburn, that he might come in and, and play centre-back because he's probably better suited to what Posta Coglu wants. But he went with Dyer and Davis with Emerson Royale at left-back against Wolves. It will be interesting to see if, if he does do the same thing this week. And then in midfield, I guess, with another couple of weeks of, of training, maybe Benton Kerr. I don't know whether he went away on international duty or not. If, if if he didn't, you know, he's got another couple of another couple of weeks of, of training behind his belt. He's a very very good footballer, Benton Kerr, who they've been without for a long time. I think maybe he'll firm up the midfield with Benton Kerr and Hoiberg, and Papi Saar maybe comes in and plays a little bit forward, further forward. But then they drop into a midfield three to maybe try and firm it up because they're playing against a a good, a good team themselves in in Villa. You mentioned Brennan Johnson, a player I I really really like. I've watched a lot a lot of Nottingham Forest over over the last year or so and you know he was electric for them and he's 
he was injured, wasn't he? So he hasn't played as much for Spurs as you as you would have maybe liked him to. But he, he's in the goals now, scored against Wolves, playing from that left hand side, which is a different position to which he played for again for for Forest. He kind of played more from the right or central for for Forest. If Postecoglou's look back at games Villa have struggled in, it has been when there's been a bit of pace on that on that left hand side. You think back to the Forest game a few weeks ago, Alanga did cause. Matty Cash problems. We had Diaz against Liverpool. He caused Matty Cash problems. And Anthony Gordon on the first game of the season for Newcastle, he also caused Cash problems. So when Villa have lost, it's come from having actually that kind of dangerous player on the, on, on the left-hand side. Is that something that, that, that concerns you? Yes, it is. I think you make a very good point there, actually. Um, I think, you know, the, I think the key for Villa is starting the game well. Yes. We've conceded early goals and... I think if we can, I don't, know, I don't know whether that's whether the players are going into away games with maybe a slightly different mindset, whether they're thinking, okay, rather than let's go out and let's attack from the first whistle, maybe they're kind of going into it with a kind of well, let's see how the opposition are setting up first of all, and then we can try and play our game, and maybe that kind of hesitation is has brought about the, the kind of poor starts away from home. That's just me totally speculating there. We won't we won't really know how the, the game plan would be to set up away from home, but I think the key is to start well. I think that area is a, an area of concern because, as you say, in transition, Matty Cash has been caught a little bit upfield, but his job when Villa have the ball is, is to be high and wide on that right-hand side at the moment. So it's difficult to kind of hang the blame all on his shoulders. I think it's about how Villa set up uh, in their in their kind of rest defence uh, and they're ready to, to try and win the ball back. And that's maybe why, you know, there'll be a lot of emphasis on, on where Kamara sits in that midfield and whether he moves into that kind of right centre-back position um, or whether they decide to play Matty Cash a bit lower and maybe Leon Bailey plays higher and wider on the right-hand side. Yeah, it all kind of depends on, on John McGinn's fitness. There's options there, but Brennan Johnson's pace runs from deep in behind is a problem when you play the way that Villa do defensively. Yeah, to be fair, ABFC, what's he saying in the comments? That Cash handled Matoma very well at Villa Park. He's having an excellent season. I'm not digging Cash out at all. He's, he's one of my favourite players. I think I think he's absolutely brilliant and he's having a great season. But just, you know, there is a difference with Villa at home and Villa away in those three players that I mentioned, they were all in away games and they were, were all in defeats home. We don't seem to have a problem against anyone in the well, really for the last the last twelve months really we, we don't have a problem against anyone at home. But in away games that does seem to have been a pattern that, that I've noticed in games that we've we, we, we've struggled in, so you know it would be interesting to see what happens with that. You touched on McGinn's fitness there. You're you're the you're the Sky Sports newsman day to day. Dave, you've got some villa fitness news. We haven't we haven't actually had Emery's press conference yet, so I presume we'll learn more this afternoon. Yeah, so Unai is talking to the media a little bit later. So John McGinn trained individually yesterday, did some individual work. He wasn't out with the group. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a bit 50-50 really whether he's going to be available for the weekend. They'll obviously have a group session today. They'll have a session tomorrow ahead of the game on Sunday. Uh, Diego Carlos was back with the group yesterday, which was nice to see. Uh, Jacob Ramsey, there was a nice moment at the start of training yesterday when, uh, when Unai announced... Uh, you know, that Jacob was back with the group. Um, Unai will do a, a kind of a, a bit of an introduction at the start of training, say who's here, who's not here, and explain who's who's been where. And there was a nice moment at the start of training yesterday when all the players gave Jacob Ramsey a, a round of applause at the start of training to be, to be back with the group. Um, who else was missing? So Amy Martinez was missing 
Leon Bailey was missing. And they're traveling though, aren't they? They, yeah, they were traveling. So, you know, you wouldn't have expected them to be in on a Thursday session, having played overnight into the early hours of, of Wednesday morning. So you would expect them to be back today, uh, probably for a light session for them and then uh, a kind of build-up session tomorrow for the game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Ramsey and Moran, I, I don't think they'll start. I think they'll be in the, I think they'll be in the squad. I think they'll both, they'll both be, on, be on the bench, but I think it would be too much to expect either of them to start this game. McGinn would be the, the big blow because he is Villa's form, form player. I did a, a podcast for who scored yesterday, Premier League preview, and actually, according to their rankings over the last six games, McGinn's second across the entirety of the, the Premier League in terms of the, the form guard at the, at the moment for average rate. So McGinn's in, in brilliant form, but also just because of the way Spurs play, I would have expected the same midfield four that we had in the last game against Fulham. If if you know every, everyone's fit, McGinn kind of playing from the right, but making the box and Tillemans from the left doing the same thing. And I also that kind of to me made sense against Spurs because of the way that Postacoglu inverts their fullbacks. So Porro and and Royale will come very very central in build up play. And I just thought having those four kind of because they are central midfielders essentially, albeit they're, they're doing, all doing slightly different things. Just having that four might negate that. Ever, ever so slightly. So if, if McGinn's not there, you know, the players that are going to come in and maybe play instead of him, they can, I don't think they're the same defensively as McGinn would be on that flank. So that that would be a huge, huge blow. You, you talk about Carlos coming back. Maybe it'll be that Carlos comes in and Conson moves to right back and Cash plays from the right. If, McG- if McGinn's not, not fit, that potentially would be something I, I would look at. And that's something we've done in away games that have, have gone well for us, actually as well in in the past. So even with McGinn out, we still have options, but there's no doubting that from a term, a tactical perspective of playing against Spurs, defensively, I think no McGinn would be a huge blow, but just Villa in general, he's on top of his game at the moment. You saw him again with Scotland. He just seems to score every time he's on international duty. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, you can tell he, you know, his chest puffed out when he, when he walks, you know, he's got a smile on his face. He's probably playing the best football of his career. I would probably say at the moment, um, for Aston Villa, and you're right. I think it's it's what he it's what he gives you defensively, but also his discipline and and knowing where to be at the right time. So it would be a major blow if he if he wasn't fit and available because you know he he is one who sets the tone, he sets the tempo in terms of the physic the physical side of the game. You know he will he will press and he will be the one that you know is able to take the ball and and create things as well. So. Yeah, major blow if he's out. But I think it's a, it's an interesting point you make around maybe Diego Carlos coming back, whether they'll question chucking him straight in. But I think... It's only given, been a few weeks, hasn't it? He's, play, he's played games. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he, it's not like he's going to be way down on match fitness. No. It, it might just need a couple of sessions to get him back up to speed. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if McGinn's not out. I think that's a, definitely a viable option, bringing Carlos in, switching Conza out to right back and then Cash playing further forward with one eye on, on where the Tottenham fullbacks end up going. Yeah, there was talk of Bailey having a knock actually on international duty, as, as well as Aniolo's played on international duty as as well. You know, Cash hasn't Cash didn't go away with with his country as well to, con- to concentrate on fit, fitness. You know, a lot of Villa players are away. You know, Bailey and Martinez, you know, like you said, probably only have one training session or one proper training session b- before the game. So it, it's it's not ideal, but it's something that that most teams will have to deal with nowadays. We, we've spoke about Tottenham's high line. Probably with centre backs missing and maybe being a bit susceptible to pace, the last kind of front two you'd probably want to come up against in the Premier League is Ollie Watkins and, and Moussa Diaby. And actually, you know, it suppose were crap last season. It was a completely different manager playing a different way. But you know, Watkins caused them problems at their place last season, didn't he? In similar circumstances, 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's almost chalk and cheese, isn't it, from the Tottenham that we saw at Villa Park towards the tail end of last season. They were so flat. And I remember talking to, to you on the preview before that game, just saying, like, you know, there's feeling like there's no way that Villa could not win that game because Tottenham were just all over the place, absolutely all over the place. You know, they didn't really know how they were going to do this. It looked so devoid of confidence at the back end of last season. And, you know, the change of manager, change of a couple of personnel, you know, the big one being Harry Kane and the mood has just lifted incredibly at Tottenham at the moment. And they obviously started the season well, but everybody kind of looked and saw that they had quite a thin squad and it's kind of coming back to bite them a little bit. And there's even, I speak to a couple of Spurs fans at work and they're thinking, you know, maybe even Gio Lacelso might come back into the record. I thought he might cover Madison. I did think that straight away for the Wolves game, that he might just be a like for like, because he's a good player, Lacelso. Yeah, and he's proven it over the years, hasn't he, that he is a a good player, but it's not really happened for him in the Premier League so far, really. Um, so it'd be a, it's a strong test of Tottenham squad. It's a test of Andrew Postecoglou as well because, you know, if they start to lose a couple of games, then it doesn't it doesn't matter how many players you've got out. People will start to question what you're doing. And you know, he has quite happily gone on the record and said, "This is the way I play. This is the way I'm going to play for forever." And you know, should they start to lose the next few games, questions will be asked about whether, you know, he's too wedded, you know, has he got a plan B? That's always what people say. Has he got a plan B? Should he change things and make them a little bit more attritional and harder to play against? So it'll be interesting to see how he sets up against Villa and in the games ahead as well. I think we can safely say this one won't be nil-nil. I mean, we can't give a clean shit to save our lives anyway. And Spurs, <laughs> I mean, they were open when they had when they had nine men. They played the, played the same way, which was fair play to them. I really, really enjoyed that. But even though they lost, I really enjoyed what I saw from them. That game, so I think it's probably safe to say it won't be nil-nil and there'll be goals in this game, though. Yeah, I'd I'd say so as well. Just to mention as well, I I, I didn't mention Douglas Louise, so he was another one that was travelling yeah. back as well. So he'll he'll be um he'll be back and and back in training. I would have thought today. Yeah, I can't imagine this being nil nil. To be honest with you, it's going to be could be a super Sunday for the age on uh, on Sky this weekend. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it could be three two, could be four three, could be five all. You just never know. But I'm looking forward to it. it should be great. Proper company man, you have to get in the get, get in the spy <laughs> To be fair, I think the game after Villa will be, be pretty tasty as well. Everton against Manchester United. I think that'll be a good yeah. be a good game. Afterwards, and obviously, you know, TNT to keep it fair. They've got uh Liverpool no Man City Liverpool on, on Saturday. No, they haven't. Oh, they have haven't. Sky? It's it's live on Sky. Oh my god. So Should that that has been it was due to be the evening kickoff, but uh I believe Local police wanted it moved to the early game because they were that struggling was the for resources. Game. Yes, so that's the lunchtime game on Saturday, and uh, TNT have got the other game five thirty. I'm not sure what it is. Might be Brentford right. potentially. I'm not sure. I've got a clue. I'm got a clue about the. Oh, I did wonder why that game was was lunchtime. I'm actually away this weekend, so I'm having to. I'm in negotiations with my girlfriend for a, <laughs> for a Saturday lunchtime football feast. Where, in, in a pub somewhere. I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll get that buyer. Um, right, just before you go, actually, Dave, me and you have just, talking of Sky, we, we've just signed up to our uh, our contracts for, for January, doing the, doing the transfer shows. There's a couple in December as well on Sky Sports News. I was thinking about this before we came on because I, I associate you with transfers, basically, because that's when I, when I see you when we're working together on Sky. I don't think Villa are going to sign anyone in January. I wouldn't be surprised if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Um, I think as always, you know, we saw it in the last January window, there was, there was money available in the last January window and 
the club and Unai Emery made the decision not to really go in and spend a lot, bringing in Moreno, who had such a, a massive impact actually on the back end of last season. So, you know, for all, for all everybody says, you know, January is a, is a tough window to make signings. You know, it, th- there is proof there that if you get it right in January, it can have a real impact on the on the rest of your season. Obviously, there's lots of stories where it's not gone so well, but it is possible to do deals. It wouldn't surprise me. I think, you know, in the we talk about it all the time, but in the back of Villa's mind is is FFP. And then also they're not really sure how they're going to what sort of competition they're going to be in next season. It'll be the it'll be the um, the question that gets asked. You know, if Villa are in and around Champions League places in the final week of the of the transfer window, do you go all out and try and and sign someone in order to to get yourself over the line? I I think Villa will probably hold firm in January. Same. <clears throat> Have a look at who is coming back from injury. Have a look at the fitness and the and the long term fitness of you know Jacob Ramsey Moreno. Carlos, whether they are, you know, uh, able to to sustain the rest of the season and make a decision, make a decision from there. I don't think they'll be kind of swayed by Villa's league position. And also, you think if Villa do get in the Champions League, that opens up a whole new market for Villa in the summer, and therefore you want as money as much money as you can in the bank and be able to spend it when you get to next summer. So, I think if Villa are in the Champions League next season again, you know, it's a it's a different kind of players that we're targeting. Whereas in January, I think the most likely scenario is that Villa might, depending on unforeseen circumstances, like another bad injury to someone where, you know, Villa have to go out like we did in the summer and get Clement Long, Clement Longley, or, you know, Jacob Ramsey gets injured and there's a loan deal, loan to buy with Zaniolo. Unless something like that happens, I can't really see anything major happening in the January window. No, I'm just, I'm just not seeing it. I'll... I also think for where we are, like a Europa Conference League team that's trying to push higher up in the Premier League, I'm not sure when everyone's fit, I don't think you can improve that 11. And I've never thought that in my life as a Villa fan, that I don't think we can improve upon this 11 for where we are as a club. You're right, if we if we were to qualify for the Champions League, you open up a completely different market for yourself and players that are first 11 players become like almost the 12th and, and 13th man. But at the moment, I don't think we can improve on what we've got. And I think when everyone's fit, we've got a, got a really competitive squad. Actually, we've still when everyone's fit, we've got good players coming up, coming off the bench as well. People will always say about having an alternative striker, but that's just not going to happen because Ollie Watkins is the is the main man, and and everyone knows that, and anyone coming to the club would know that, and wouldn't want to come to the club. So, unless something interesting comes up, I, I take your point on it being a difficult market as well. I think where it doesn't become a difficult market is Villa doing what they did last January and picking off a a team that isn't in European competition from. From La Liga, that's where in the Premier League just dwarfs their finances, so they can come and pick up players for reasonable fees. But if you're trying to pick up players from, you know, teams that are in Europe and, and big clubs with money, it's it's difficult to to get them in in January because the price goes up. So, looking at how Emery operated last January and was very savvy, decided he'd work with what he's got, with in mind that we're doing really well as well. I just I just don't see it. Maybe back um, backup goalkeeper still it would be the only place that I thought if if, if someone came in a, a better quality of backup goalkeeper who's more suited to what Emery wants to do came available that would be the only place perhaps because I was surprised we didn't do that in in the summer but really I don't think we can improve upon what we've got at the moment for for where we are so yeah Martin Ryan's just said it literally the same time as I've said that about about another goalkeeper I wasn't copying what you were saying Martin it was already in, in flux in my mind. Anyway, so yeah, just wanted to, to pick your brains on January a little bit because well, I'm sure we'll do loads of transfer content in December, January. But I honestly don't. I think basically when people, when 
Villa podcast, whatever, are doing transfer stuff. It's all made up. No, no one knows. I honestly do not. I don't expect Villa to buy anyone in January. Honestly, I wouldn't really expect any outgoings either. So I think it'll be a be a quiet one at B six. Did we bring back predictions last time, Dave? I can't remember because obviously we we, we, lost we did. The game. Yeah, we did. I think I got the score right actually last time as well against Fulham. I said three one, and we won. We won three one. So we'll bring back predictions, Dave. What do you say? I keep tipping us to keep a clean sheet every week because do surely it's going to happen sooner or later. Um, I am going to go two one to Aston Villa. It's exactly the same score I was going going to go for as well, Dave. That's what I've done on on, on who scored as well. So yeah, even though I say about not making predictions, I literally have to do it on another podcast that I do the day before. So I am still <laughs> making predictions, even if I don't say it on the show. I still have to make one on another podcast. It's a bit stupid of me. Really, right? That does us, Dave. A pleasure, as always, to talk to you. I think that was a, a good chat through through Tottenham Hotspur, and I enjoyed it very much. And I'm looking forward to Sunday, and of course, looking forward to seeing you in person a bit more as the winter period approaches. Where are we with content? Villa playing Sunday. Yeah, Greg and I will do a pod on on Monday, looking back at the Spurs game and discussing everything that happened in there, everything newsworthy. So watch out for that. If you've enjoyed this video, whether you're a Villa fan or a Spurs fan, because we do seem to get quite a lot of opponents fans come come on this podcast and give the video a like if you have enjoyed it. I think we did Spurs justice. Leave us a comment as well with your predictions and whether you agree with what Dave and myself have said. And wherever you are taking in this podcast, leave a, leave a nice review, give it five stars, and subscribe because that really helps us as a channel helps us pop up in places that we wouldn't normally pop up in thank you very much to those that joined us in the chat always a pleasure to see you interacting there's a nice little community that's been fostered there you actually quite a lot of the time i don't even know if you're listening to what dave and i say because you're having a little <laughs> chat between between yourselves but it's nice to say there is that little community feel in the chat so fair play to you all have a good friday have a good weekend and anyone going to spurs have an excellent time on sunday and as always up the villa Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.